0: um i call to order the <clears throat> may 11th 2023 meetings of the palm desert city Council successor agency to the palm desert redevelopment agency and housing authority um, may we defer the roll call to open session um, Is there any
1: public comment on closed session items? I see none. Then we will adjourn to closed session. Uh, good afternoon.
0: We are reconvening the May 11, 2023 meetings of the Pumped Desert City Council successor agency to the Pump Desert Redevelopment Agency and Housing Authority. Um, Madam Clerk, would you please call the roll?
2: Council Member Harnick? Here. Council Member Nastandi?
0: Here.
1: Mayor Pro Tem Quintanilla? Here. Councilmember Trueby? Here. Mayor Kelly? Here. All present, Madam Mayor.
0: The Pledge of Allegiance will be led by Councilmember Arnick, followed by words of inspiration from
1: Mayor Pro Tem Quintanilla. We say together, The pledge allegiance to the
3: flag of the United States of America and to the the republic for which it stands, one nation under God. Liberty
1: and justice for all. Good afternoon, everyone. It's getting nice and toasty out there, and
4: I hope you're all hydrating. Um, I had a whole different um, set of thoughts and inspirations for today that I was going to share with you, and then I started reflecting on the fact that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And this morning, I had the opportunity to attend the um, Harvey Milk breakfast. And someone shared some statistics that were very revealing, that of the LGBTQ youth we have in our country, each year approximately 39% contemplate suicide, and 18% make an active attempt. And if we can think of all of our um, friends and loved ones that have different gender identities and gender expressions, it means we all know someone. And um, um, I recently learned that May 17th was International Day against homophobia, biphobia, and transphobia. And if we have a little bit more love and a little bit less fear, we can make a big difference. May 22nd would have been Harvey Milk's 93rd birthday, but he was assassinated in 1978. But one of his most lasting quotes says it takes no compromise to give people their rights. It takes no money to respect the individual. It takes no political deal to
1: give people freedom. It takes no survey to remove repression. Thank you. And thank you.
0: Is there any report from closed session
5: Thank you, Mayor Kelly. Uh, The the council uh, discussed the items on the closed session agenda and there's no reportable action that was taken tonight or this afternoon rather. Thank you.
0: Um, I have no awards, presentations or appointments scheduled. City manager comments.
6: Thank you, Mayor. Um, I would like to uh, turn this over to uh, Veronica Chavez to provide for her and the finance staff to provide a quick update on our recent purchase purchasing policy changes and update council on progress that we're making
2: good afternoon honorable mayor members of city council um, as you know we had our second reading of the purchasing policy at our last meeting and right now we have sky garcia here to introduce some of the immediate changes sky
7: hi good afternoon honorable mayor and uh, members of the city council sky garcia accounting technician in the finance department STAFF WANTED TO GIVE AN UPDATE RELATED TO THE RECENT PURCHASING POLICY CHANGES THAT WILL BE GOING INTO EFFECT MAY 13TH. VENDORS WHO WOULD LIKE TO PARTICIPATE IN THE CITY'S PREFERRED VENDOR LIST WILL NOW REGISTER ON THE CITY'S WEBSITE UNDER THE PURCHASING PAGE. TWO APPLICATIONS ARE NOW AVAILABLE, ONE FOR THE CONSTRUCTION SERVICES AND THE OTHER FOR NON-CONSTRUCTION SERVICES. IN THE FIRST WEEK WE'VE ALREADY RECEIVED 60 APPLICATIONS. THE FINANCE TEAM IS LOOKING FORWARD TO IMPLEMENTING THE NEW FORMAT TO ASSIST THE TEAMS Team members in completing tasks throughout the city ad- and additional information will be presented in the weekly admin.
8: Thank
3: you.
6: That's it. Thank you, Mayor.
1: Uh, Mayor, MEMBER
0: reports and requests for action, beginning with Councilmember Harnick.
9: Thank you, Mayor. Uh, just a a couple things I wanted to mention I hope everyone had an opportunity I think it was yesterday there was an op-ed in the desert sun by Richard Weintraub really celebrating his experience at the Palm Desert Aquatic Center and how wonderful and welcoming everybody is there and I just thought it was nice to read about something like that in our newspaper and If you didn't read it yesterday, you can always go back. I know you can find it online and read it. Uh, I did wanna mention that Visit Greater Palm Springs has an autism certification award. And uh, that's something that the city is looking into. The uh, Living Desert has achieved their certificate. And it's something so that we make sure that as a destination, we make everyone feel comfortable. Uh, when they visit uh, our city and our region. The other thing is uh, every year we budget, and thank you very much. We just went through the budget process. Great job. But every year we budget for two council members to attend the International Conference of Shopping Centers, and it's held in Las Vegas. It really does help us uh, learn about the trends, make sure that we are aware of changes that are happening in the retail market and it's such an important thing to all of us here at the city and this year uh, the two we have two members of the uh, council going and it will be me and uh, Karina Quintanilla so we'll both be attending uh, in a couple weeks or before our next meeting and we'll come back I'm sure we'll both have lots of reports on it and that's it thank you
0: Oh, it's a this Sunday. Thank you, Mayor.
7: At my CVAG Energy and Environmental Resources meeting, uh, which is now, we're changing the name to Energy and Sustainability Committee, so a new name for us. And uh, at that meeting, um, there, there was a agency called Grid Inland Empire. And uh, CVAG staff and this company asked me to bring it to the city council's attention and staff that they, they work with the state to get grant funding that provides clean, renewable solar energy to our lower income residents. And they help in the process. And so they're hoping to collaborate with staff. And I, I brought their business cards as well. So maybe that's something we, we, we can look into. Okay.
1: Mayor Pro Tem Quintanilla.
4: Thank you very much, Madam Mayor. Uh, first off, I want to say kudos to our staff, every single one that participated in our Arbor Day celebration, which was absolutely wonderful, 50 trees for the 50 years, and to our partners at West Coast Arborists. It was a great opportunity to plant trees with the little ones. Um, I know that uh, Mayor, Mayor Kelly and Council Member Harnick were present. Um, I stayed pretty much the whole day, planted some eight trees, and was sore for a few days after, but it was a great investment in our future. In terms of some of my committees, I had um, yesterday, this Tuesday the opportunity to meet with the McCallum Policy or Education Policy Committee, and I was able to get a little bit more of a debrief regarding the um, open call. And they mentioned they were sold out the Saturday and Sunday and had to add an extra 800 seats for open call, with over 3,000 tickets sold at in- really gives a perspective of how many people come to Palm Desert for this variety of arts. And we can only imagine the the economic impact and the TOT impact because people that come from out of town to visit the the performers. There will be a choreography festival in November that is already drawing international applicants, which puts Palm Desert on a global spotlight. And um, this has been a a great, worthwhile investment for, for Palm Desert because from there, um, we have been able to influence 18,000 students that have received services and have attended 59 performances. I was able to participate at the artist council Young Artist Exhibition, again, relaying a lot of these same themes of expression and mental health from the perspective of youth in mixed media, from uh, charcoal to ceramics and all of the works. And uh, with Seabag, the Public Safety Committee met and we discussed um, the Mylar uh, discussion, and it's available on their report was page 48 and 49, which I did send to our city clerk, where they state no financial impact for the update for development of a model ordinance can be, um, is anticipated should it be covered by public safety or the environmental resource to endorse a regional approach. So hopefully that does give some some guidance as we had um, expressed in a previous meeting. They happily reported that there were less arrests this year for the music festivals. And I was very proud to be able to share that Palm Desert, thanks to our budget updates, have allotted to support school resource officers in our, our middle school and high school. Desert Sands was the only um, district that was present there that had their, their security director to give an idea of what we do and how it impacts, and the other districts either had a representative or were a no-show. And. As stated, I was proud to be the one um, elected official from Palm Desert representing us at the Harvey Milk Festival. And that is it for me.
10: Thank you.
0: Councilmember Truby.
3: Yeah,
10: um, just wanna report that I was um, lucky to attend the Southern California Association of Governments meeting, which we hosted right here in our city of the JW Marriott last week, um, Thursday and Friday with nearly a thousand attendees. We were able to showcase our beautiful city and I want to give a shout out to uh, my fellow council member Jan Harnick, who was so proud to watch her in action. As the unfortunately was the last meeting, but as the outgoing president of Southern California Association of Governments, and she represented our city as well as you would imagine. So, um, and I am looking forward to today's agenda. So, thank you so much.
0: Thank you. And just picking up on uh, uh, what Councilmember Truby just shared. I have been privileged uh, this past year to watch our colleague Jen Arnick uh, as she has led SKAG since I am both a member of the Regional Council and the Executive Committee. And she has really done Palm Desert proud uh, by being an outstanding leader of our entire region and marshaling collaborative enthusiasm uh, for a comprehensive approach to assure connectivity throughout the region and raising the profile of that need to be comparable uh, to transportation as critical infrastructure necessary. Uh, for our residents. So, the respect she has commanded uh, will undoubtedly enhance uh, Palm Desert standing in the future. So, thank you. Uh, I want to thank Mayor Pro Tem Quintanilla for featuring uh, International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia and biphobia on the 17th of this month. It's an important occasion uh, to remember the commitment of this city expressed in Resolution 2018-09 uh, to stand against bigotry in all its expressions. and. Uh, A key promise in that resolution assures that we as a city will protect the rights and privileges of every person, regardless of religion, race, nationality, country of birth, immigration status, disability, gender, sexual orientation, or gender identity. And we can all be proud uh, to be a part of a community in which we raise each other up to achieve our highest potential. I have one request for action. Uh, Coffee with the Mayor is always a great occasion to hear ideas from residents. Our most recent Coffee with the Mayor uh, focused on active transportation and all the city is doing to enhance uh, safety for both bicyclists and pedestrians. We shared about our program to assist businesses in offering bike racks. And one of the people present uh, has also lived in Memphis and shared that in Memphis the program collaborates with local schools that have uh, programs for metal fabrication uh, to encourage students uh, to take on the project of creating Uh, customized artistic bike racks of their creation. And uh, so I want to encourage staff to pursue the idea of identifying local schools with metal fabrication programs who might want to collaborate with us to really feature some distinctive uh, local creations through our bike rack sponsorship. Um, Is there other support for that idea? Yes, Mayor. Okay. Uh, This is the time in the program for the public to comment on any item which is not on the agenda. You may have up to three minutes to acquaint us with an issue of concern to you, uh, which is not on this evening's agenda. In order to comply with state laws that require us to give notice before discussing items, we won't be able to respond in depth, uh, but we may be able to refer something to staff for follow-up or give you other brief information that will be helpful um, do we have anyone for public comment on non-agenda items we do not
1: and have we checked on zoom. On zoom. our virtual participants yes there are no participants on zoom okay uh, which brings us to
0: the consent calendar. Does anything need to be removed from consent?
4: I would like to explore um, item M, please. M as in Mary? Yes, I move forward the, um, the consent calendar with the exception of M as in Mary.
0: Do we have a second for that. I'll make a
1: second. Please vote. Motion passes 5 to 0. Thank you. Um, Item
0: M is approved the start of proceedings to left and collect annual assessments and grant preliminary approval of the 2023 2024 engineer's report for consolidated palm desert landscaping and lighting maintenance district number one. Did you have a specific question to take up, Mayor Pro Tem?
4: I do have a specific question. In reviewing the original report and updates from staff that were issued, um, it says that the original methodology was formed in the 1972 Act and that it was revised um, in 1997 to 98. Is there a cyclical review or is there a a future time that we may anticipate another review?
11: Mayor Pro Tem if you're referring to the methodology, I believe it's a continual methodology that's been used. I, I do not recall if we've explored other methodologies. Uh, that's something we could take up with our consultant to look if there is uh, other ways to, for the apportionment of, of, the, um, of the district.
4: Perfect. Yeah. Again, just wanted to see that it's been quite some time, and if it was on on a cycle, so we could anticipate if it would be revised again. Thank you. I appreciate you. Very welcome.
0: Would you like to move the item?
4: I would like to move item M under the consent calendar for approval.
0: Please take the vote. Oh, I'll second it.
1: Motion passes unanimously. All right.
0: Moving to the action calendar item 2A is request for direction regarding the wayfinding sign program master plan project. Let's, uh, do we have any public comment on this item? I see none, uh, may we have the staff report?
5: Good afternoon, honorable mayor and members of city council, Lucero Leva with the capital projects uh, department. During the March 23rd study session, we did go through and explore the existing wayfinding throughout the city um, and then their locations. So, next slide, please. A lot of this information is already in your packet. Um, Next slide, please. And next slide. And that's just a picture up there of what we have, again, wayfinding panel-wise throughout the city with the different points of interest. Um, Next slide, please. And uh, based on some of the feedback we got during that study session, uh, the director of public works, Martin, and I came with the three options presented in your staff report. So I'll defer back to the group for uh, comment, direction, feedback.
0: May I just start with a quick question? On option one, would the potential new, would potential new designs come back to council? Would we see perhaps some alternative new designs that we could give reactions to?
5: Yes, that would be a part of the process.
0: Okay, so, If I understand correctly, under both option one and option two, we would assess new points of interest, how to standardize points of interest. But the main difference is that option one would have a new look, uh, and it would be geared to enhance night visibility. and. Interchangeability.
5: That is correct.
0: Okay. Questions? Um, reactions? Okay. Councilmember MEMBER Nostante. Well, I, I,
7: I like the idea of. um I WANT of, to keep those
3: yeah, I options them, up we, there? Yeah,
7: I, I, I like the idea that we need to have night visibility, and. IS THERE A WAY TO HAVE NIGHT VISIBILITY AND KEEP CURRENT OPTION NUMBER TWO?
5: WE HAVE because NOT. IT COSTS LESS. <laughs> WE HAVE NOT EXPLORED THAT TO THAT EXTENT.
7: OKAY. SO THAT'S JUST ONE THING, BUT I, I, I DO LIKE THE IDEA THAT, YOU KNOW, WE RE-EVALUATE, re-evaluate CURRENT LOCATIONS BECAUSE our, OUR CITY IS GROWING AND CHANGING. and. I also like the idea of having a monument sign on cook street that whole north sphere is just growing so much and we want palm desert to be recognized in my opinion
0: hey other thoughts council member Truby.
10: yeah thank you um i kind of kind of be the fly in the ointment here if you don't mind but is there is there an option for in other words um you know it seems to me like people are using cell phones to find their way around there's so, I find that there's so many signs out there sometimes that you you tend to, it's almost, there's so many that you tend to ignore them. I don't know if the council's consider that or if it's too late. And again, I just want to throw it out there. Uh, But if if there isn't an option four, I certainly want to put my vote in for option three. I think we do need a uh, welcome sign, uh, a monument rather, on Cook Street. And I'll let you take it from here.
0: And uh, I certainly have the impression that this is in addition to Uh, are ample resources accessible via cell phone for wayfinding. Um, It's not a substitute for that, but I certainly know in terms of my conversations with visitors, that even if they've used their cell phone, having signs to reassure them they're on the right track. Is useful, and as I understand it, option these these are not three alternatives. One and two are alternatives, and three is a potential addition. So it's one or two, potentially plus three. Is that the gist?
5: That is the gist.
0: Well, Mayor Pro Tem. Thank you, Madam Mayor.
4: Thank you, Lucero. I, as, as Council Member Truby said, can we explore the the mixing of ideas? I really like the, of the idea of interchangeability. Should we, we've discussed it in, in, for example, the, um, the cultural arts committee that it doesn't take more than um, somebody that's not paying attention to knock over a post and it would be easier if we had something already available to be interchangeable. Are we able to add any additional visibility to the ones that we have right now? Or would it just be cheaper to get new ones? Because I, I think that it may just make it easier to have new ones than necessarily to update what we currently have. Um, and I think that, that, that that's the key to me, interchangeability and visibility, and perhaps maybe delay adding new points if that would help keep our costs down to support having the sixth monument
0: my two cents are let's not go cheap here (laughs) i have three cents go for your three
9: why thank you let me shake it up a little bit can we go back a couple of slides okay when we look at those there's some congruity to the top three The the bottom two most specifically although both of them The one that came about in 2006, it's not really a a great reflection or does it uphold Palm Desert standards.
0: Were you searching for the word ugly?
9: (laughs) I was searching for any other word than that. Uh, And I think we can do better. We're welcoming people to the city. And I know we always want to be very fiscally responsible, and we are. When we welcome people to our city, we want to do it right. And those bottom two miss the mark for a Palm Desert standard. So I would think we need three new monument signs, the one that was offered in option three in the other slide, and those two need to be readdressed because they just, they just aren't Palm Desert. Then if we go back to the wayfinding, it is time for some rebranding. I, 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 as a longtime Palm Desert resident, I was never um, really enamored of those signs. And I think it's time to... Um, bring it up to everything else that we're doing in the city, design-wise. So, and we want to be able to see, of course, night, night visibility is absolutely critical. And as far as the phones, and we all use our phones so much, but sometimes we don't even know what we, what's out there. We don't know what we might, we don't know enough to look for, oh, is there an artist center in Palm Desert. But if we see that, we'll know that we should. So I think, yes, we have to identify the San Pablo corridor. There are things we must identify that currently are not being um, highlighted as we could with some of those signs with an elegant Palm Desert style sign. So I think there's a combination. I think, Of course, none of the options are there. <laughs> We're gonna to have to shake it up a little bit and I think we need to look at new monument signs, a few new mo- monument signs, and let's make sure that we uh, increase the, the level of design for the other uh, wayfindings. So,
7: yes. Can I ask a question of, please, yeah, Councilor, Councilor So basically, you're in favor of option one, and then option three with the bigger budget to replace three monuments. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. And here's, right. here's the case for option one really being the most budget sensitive option. We know that the attractions in our city are multiplying each year. So if we were, for example, two years ago, we did not have an artist center. Uh, We had an underutilized extension of um, the Palm Springs Art Museum. So if we were to simply try to refresh the current signs, within two years, they would need more refreshment and we didn't end up spending $180,000 twice without really getting something new, fresh, and useful as we go forward. So I support option one. I think the interchangeability is key so that they can adapt as our city grows. And I thank Councilmember Arning for sending us back to, to that slide because. Uh, the distinction between the later two monument signs and the earlier ones is pretty dramatic.
10: Um, and if when we, when we move forward with the uh, sign refresh, um, I wanna make sure that the library is included as a waypoint. I've been told by a few residents that it's not. So let's be sure to add that as a waypoint.
0: Assuming it's still there instead of someplace <laughs> yeah. else.
10: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Did you have
4: something? Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, I wholeheartedly agree that sometimes our cell phones will give us the direction, but sometimes our GPS may be incorrect. And in order to know ahead of time, are we going in the right direction should we lose our phone, for example, we're so dependent. But in the event, it would be helpful to have that backup. And it, it would, in my opinion, be greatly helpful if the pictures with the, the monument signs, if we can maybe have a sample of what they look like at night so that we could see the lighting. Perhaps the next one, I, I, although it's less aesthetically appealing, the, the last sign had bigger font. And if we maybe do, do something to incorporate that style of sandstone, but with larger font, so that we can keep it consistent, but also increase visibility, which is one of our objectives.
3: I, I have one more point.
4: Yes,
9: Council Member Arnick. Uh, and we did at one point provide public works with some pictures. I think it was in Michigan, of some really some night uh, I guess it was a reflective tape, but boy, did it pop. But I would suggest as well, because the, our Visitors Bureau has an extensive wayfinding program, and, I'm, and I think they may be a good resource for information. not that we should replicate their wayfinding, but I think we might learn a lot a lot from them. They may be a good resource.
0: All right, so was that a motion for option one plus option three on steroids?
9: <laughs> well, and, yes, it is.
0: Will, will we get a, a, a quote on this then before we yes, make it final? We will. Okay, then I can mm. support it. <laughs>
1: so that was a second. Let's take the vote. Motion passes unanimously. And next, we have a request for direction regarding
0: the Palm Desert Library. Uh, For those of you in the audience, we had an extensive study session on this topic earlier today going over the history as well as uh, some of the finances. So, Mr. Gary.
11: Thank you, Mayor Kelly and Council. As you had mentioned, Mayor Kelly, that we went over quite a bit of this information earlier today in a study session. So I think uh, I'll definitely be brief as we move through these slides. Uh, Next slide, please. So uh, an overview of today's presentation is, I'd like to briefly touch on the history of the Palm Desert Library, uh, followed by enhanced public services that we previously offered uh, for a period of about 14 years. Uh, talk about sub- sur- service level comparisons BEFORE between four jurisdictions uh, regionally. And then I'd like to turn it over to the Assistant City Manager, Chris Escobedo, to talk about library funding mechanisms as well as the process uh, of re- in relation to funding. And that'll be followed by discussing policy options and questions as well. So you'll see that there's three items highlighted on this timeline, and those are uh, some of the, the, the major items uh, in relation to the library. Our first uh, arguably library opened in 1962, and uh, it actually may have opened earlier than something that we're exploring at this moment. Um, based upon that, uh, we opened another library in about 1993. Uh, that library actually started about 10 years earlier through different uh, community-led efforts for a Vision 2000 um, effort through the city. Um, moving forward, we continue to operate our, our current library at the College of the Desert, which is about 20,000 square feet on each side, operated by the city and the county, uh, excuse me, the, the county and the college. Um, and, that, um, and that has been in operation from 93 until today. Uh, another, the last bullet point there is a statewide uh, dissolution of redevelopment. And that's important because that's essentially when we ended our enhanced services, uh, that relationship uh, with the city. And I'll talk about enhanced hand services briefly in one second. Next slide, please. So the relationship for the current Palm Desert Library facility is broken down into a cooperative agreement that has three parties, the city and the, the former redevelopment agency, the county and the college. All three of them had a financial contribution uh, towards the project, the construction of the project with the city adv- the agency advancing the full amount uh, f- uh, for construction. Uh, As I'd mentioned, the city provided supplemental funding for a good duration of of this relationship that ended in about 2012 or 13. Uh, After the city was kind of, uh, um, the county and the college at this point are responsible once the the facility was constructed for the operation and maintenance of the facility, Uh, whether it's utilities and staffing and uh, maintenance, uh, whether it's custodial or uh, facility maintenance as well. This agreement was a 66 year agreement and we currently have 36 years left on this agreement. Next slide, please. So when the city initially funded construction for this project, it, uh, the library construction could be broken down really into three categories, planning, construction, and then uh, FFNE, furniture, fixtures, and equipment. Uh, that total is about four, almost $4.7 million. This excludes two things, the enhanced services that I'll talk about on the next slide, which is about 2.4 million. And this does not include for construction of a uh, traffic signal and for as well. Next slide, please. So for the previous enhanced services from 1998 to about 2013, the city contributed additional uh, funds uh, for uh, supplemental items at the library. And those really fall into three categories, supplemental staffing, additional library hours, and supplemental materials. Uh, that total, as I previously mentioned, was about $2.4 million. In regard to supplemental fun- uh, staffing, the city funded additional uh, uh, private contracted staffing through the library, through um, library systems and services uh, for for six positions. Um, for additional library hours, that extended the evening hours, I believe on a Thursday for three hours, and then essentially uh, increased hours uh, over, the t- over time as well. It also included a, a frequent, I believe, weekly bookmobile stop at Joe Mann Park. That stop is less frequent and uh, probably more so sporad- sporadic as far as it stopped. Um, but it, it does appear it still, uh, it stops uh, at Joe Mann Park infrequently. In regard to supplemental materials, uh, this is just to replenish the, uh, the circulation and keep the materials fresh in the library. And that was about the tune of about $50,000 annually. Next slide, please. So staff took a look at the four the four regional jurisdictions: uh, Palm Desert, Rancho Mirage, La Quinta, and Palm Springs. And two of those two of those entities operate under the county model, and two operate separately as a city model. And so there's various statistics that were included uh, in this presentation, but also in your agenda packet as well. And uh, just uh, two two comments about these statistics is that uh, it appears that just the more inputs you put in, the more revenue or, or uh, or control and financing you have of a library, the more outputs that you that you uh, that there tend to be, and just as well, uh, just a general comment that the, the the county provides at the best it can an equitable level of service um, with the resources that it that it has. So uh, when you're when you're when you're looking at these statistics, it's it's the county trying to provide uh, equal services to those that have branches without throughout the region, whether it's Hemet or it's the city of Palm Desert. So uh, the, the financing is uh, generally according to that. Um, and Chris will definitely talk more about the financing. So with that said, uh, I'd like to turn the presentation over to Chris Escobedo.
12: Thank you. So some brief stats here, between April 22 through March 23, the library had just over 91,000 visits in total circulation at 190,000. And the breakdown is 66% of the users are adult, 34% are children and young adult. Next slide, please. so in adding on to what Chris was mentioning with respect to the cooperative agreement at the same time in 93 the city former redevelopment agency of Palm Desert and the county created a library district improvement fund where a portion of the property tax would go into this fund for the provision of library services in Palm Desert so the the idea was this funding would go in the funds would be available on demand for the county uh, for their use in Palm Desert next slide This chart here is a highlight of the financials. The two boxes in magenta will be of particular focus. Uh, we'll start with the left side of the red bar. The red bar there shows current library revenue uh, for, that's generated from property tax. So roughly for this year, the, in the county library district fund, there'll be approximately $3.4 million generated. And this is important because in the policy options going forward, whether the council elects to pursue enhanced services with the county or consider conversion to municipal library system. Going forward, that would be the future revenue that we would be looking at and the growth thereafter. So the potential revenue that would that would be redirected to the city if it went into the municipal system uh, would be approximately 3.4 3. 4 million. The, key, the word here that, that is key is potential because what we know is if you start the process to go through conversion state law requires us to look at if there's debt secured against this funds there's also revenue taxation code issues that we have to look into since we're a nolo property tax city and then we have to look at any other agreements that were put into place after the creation of this library district fund in 1993. next slide so, in addition to digging into what that number actually means in terms of going forward, we also have to look at the way the current funds have been collected and administered by the county. What we know from our conversations with the county is, again, there's approximately 3.4 million revenue coming in. Uh, they have indicated to us that the cost to operate the facility is 1.45 million. There's a delta there, so we need to explore where the, where the delta is going, where it's sitting, how it's been utilized and why the discovery has been difficult is because the county pulls the funds together of all library districts into one fund, so they're not separated out specifically for Palm Desert. In learning this, we have been working with the county and have made the request of both the county executive office as well as the auditor controller that to to review these funds that we can get the true accounting of the number. Next slide. Briefly, I'm going to highlight the process to going into conversion to municipal and then go into the, the options. So if the council considers withdrawal from the county free library system, a notification would have to be provided to the board of supervisors. The board of supervisors would then circulate it to the assessor, auditor, controller, and board of legalization. In that notification, the city has to indicate whether or not it intends to purchase the facility in the land uh, and at the same time to the city would have to remain in this system until either uh, a date is determined in this negotiation to to acquire the property or July 1 of the base year. Next slide. So July 1 of the base year, uh, the soonest that could happen would be July 1 of 2024 or July 1 of any other successive year. Um, And essentially we would commence the process of negotiation with the county on that funding. We, we do need to do some homework in terms of the actual funding and numbers that are in there. Uh, at the same time, we would, we would continue the review of all the different taxation issues that we've learned in the, in the recent days. Next slide. So, brief timeline. So, option one uh, if the council elects to pursue a withdrawal, we have to provide the notification. I began negotiations both with the county and the college uh, for interim service delivery as well as the land and its use negotiate the, the funding as well as seek input from the community on program and service levels and in particular look at the staffing model of how the city would operate it going forward and the assessment of that facility next slide option two is more expedient um, in recent meetings with the county they have been more than willing to work with the city, throwing out several suggestions about enhancing services. We've learned that they have improvements planned for the facility, as well as throwing out the idea of partnering with the city to construct a new facility. Um, option two, we, we would uh, commence immediate input meetings from the community to see what the service enhancements would be. We would then turn that bring that back to council to request a proposal from the county uh, and negotiate with them the those program enhancements, as well as any building improvements needed. One key thing in all this uh, discussion is, uh, there's definitely a need in both options to hone in on the funding, as well as negotiate a different accounting of of the funds. Next slide. That concludes our report. Uh, We're happy to answer questions and be available to counsel uh, in the discussion of one or multiple options.
0: And let me take public comment before we proceed. Um, I do have two requests to speak. The
1: first is Ralph Perry. And you, you know the
13: drill. You have
1: three minutes. Oh, three minutes.
13: Okay. All right. Do I have to say my name and address? Sure. Okay, Ralph Perry at 39240, Desert Greens Drive East, Palm Desert, 92260. Welcome. Pardon me? Welcome. Oh, thank you. (laughs) All right, um, okay, so I come before you today to speak about the Palm Desert Library. I am proud to be a member of the Parks and Rec Committee. The library comes under Parks and Rec. WE HAVE BEEN TALKING ABOUT THE LIBRARY IN OUR COMMITTEE FOR ALMOST TWO YEARS NOW. ALSO, THERE HAS BEEN INFORMAL DISCUSSIONS AMONG OFFICIALS IN THE CITY. WE HAVE FORMED A NEW LIBRARY SUBCOMMITTEE TO ASSIST THE CITY. IF YOU ENTER THE LIBRARY NOW, THE RIGHT HALF IS THE PALM DESERT LIBRARY. IT'S A a WONDERFUL FACILITY. ON THE LEFT HALF, YOU WILL SEE A WALL OF OPAQUE SLIDING DOORS THAT IS CLOSED OFF TO THE PUBLIC. We have been told that the College of the Desert is trying to determine what they're going to do with that space. That left half has been sitting vacant. It has air conditioning and lights on while empty. It's a beautiful facility and has been sadly unused for years. Our vision is for the city of Palm Desert to assume control over the entire library. This would be similar to the Rancho Mirage Library. Palm Desert's library could be turned into an amazing experience. To begin we would greatly increase the community meeting space in Palm Desert. It could be attractive location. It could be an attractive location to meet away from the office for many businesses, nonprofits, group study, community gatherings and get-togethers. There is plenty of parking. Our dedicated friends of the library, volunteers, could have a bigger shop with more room to operate. Right now they're really squeezed in, they have no room. Uh, There would be an upscale and relaxing coffee bar for refreshments. There would be more room for larger small groups for storage, books, and materials, more room for library administration, for college students, the public, and for young people. It would increase the use and comprehensive services the library offers to the community. It would become a focal point, a proud shining star in the city of Palm Desert. Thank you for listening and thank you for your time.
0: And thank you for your service on the Parks and Recreation so much.
1: Committee. Uh, next is Paul Murphy.
14: Paul Murphy, 73064 Skyward Way, Palm Desert, California. I'm chairman of the uh, subcommittee for the Park and Rec Commission of the Library. UH WE GOT INVOLVED ABOUT SIX MONTHS AGO NONE OF US HAD ANY IDEA WHAT WE WERE GETTING INTO I WAS ASKED TO GO OVER AND TAKE A LOOK AT WHAT WAS GOING ON AT THE LIBRARY BECAUSE THE FIRST TWO MONTHS WE HEARD NOTHING FROM THE LIBRARY I WENT OVER THERE AND FOUND OUT THAT THE CITY OF PALM DESERT HAD ABSOLUTELY NOTHING TO DO WITH THE LIBRARY NO INPUT NO SUPERVISION NO NOTHING FROM THAT POINT ON I FOUND OUT GUESS WHAT THEY DIDN'T HAVE A LIBRARIAN hadn't had a librarian for 26 months. They had just hired a young gal who came down to be an assistant librarian, extremely well qualified. They hired her on a salary that was pretty low. I, after getting to know her, talking to her and so forth, I talked her into applying for the job as librarian. They hired her, of course, they broke the law when they hired her because they didn't hire her at the salary that they advertised, they just left her at her old salary. Uh, OF INTEREST, SHE QUIT TODAY AND took A JOB IN FLORIDA AS A LIBRARIAN AT ALMOST A HUNDRED PERCENT INCREASE IN WHAT SHE WAS BEING PAID HERE. Uh, I CHECKED AS MUCH AS I COULD ON THE COMPANY THAT uh, OPERATES THE LIBRARY. Uh, THEY ALMOST GOT IN STARTED BACK WHEN THE PALM Desert LIBRARY GOT ITS EXISTENCE. THEIR FIRST CLIENT was Riverside County. They haven't grown very much. They do have Osceola County in Florida, that's it, plus two libraries in uh, Ventura County. I talked to people who had been in their system in Ventura County, very, very uncomplimentary. Uh, Obviously, the library is not being operated the way it should be operated. Uh, Now is a wonderful opportunity, I think, for us to step in and try to have some input as how the library is going to go forward because there's no management over there now and I can just see the same thing happening all over again. Okay, Uh, I would one last comment. There's a lot of changes in the library industry and I think that maybe you ought to ask our committee to study the future changes in the library operations and make some suggestions. Okay, thanks
0: and thank you for your service as well any other public comment on this item if not then let's hear from the council council member truby
10: i know we, we covered a lot of this at the study session so i'm glad you all came up to listen to us here uh, that's on the agenda and we can talk about it and have input from uh, the general public thank you um so There's a couple things, and I think I want to first applaud the two Chris's for putting together a good report in short time. Um, You you know, you you covered a lot of answers that we didn't have uh, really answers to when I was just digging it on my own. So thank you so much. Um, You went going back to one of the previous slides. uh, We saw that there's 3.4 million dollars coming in, uh, or either. I'm sorry. Riverside County is collecting from Palm Desert residents, $3.4 million on behalf of library services, and yet we're receiving 1.2 million in service. That's their budget. So there's $2.2 million that we aren't seeing the really the direct benefit of right now. Um, I think before we, and I know you're gonna ask us for, we're we gonna be asked to provide directions to staff. I think that's one of the main things we need to decide. I think we're, we're really in the preliminary stages of uh, this process. And I think before we move forward, we need to find out exactly how much of that 3.4 million we'd be entitled to. That'll give us a better idea of how to, to proceed moving forward. So I think for, for today, um, it may just be a sort of a continuation of study. And that's definitely one of the main answers we want to find. Um, just as a general opinion, you know, general thoughts, this is a five-star city. I mean, I've lived here 30 years. Everything we do is top-notch. McCallum Theater, Living Desert, obviously, the, those are... You know um, attractions we have here, but also the Aquatic Center, the Civic Center Park. Every city service we provide is absolutely five stars. And to my way of thinking, the uh, our library is completely falling short. I, I don't like the fact we don't have direct oversight, um, and yet it bears our name. It's the Palm Desert Library, and yet we have zero say so on how it's operated, programming, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it strikes me as rather strange that it's a, a for-profit company that uh, operates this library. You know, when you operate in the private sector, if you don't do a good job, you lose customers to your competition, and and, and therefore you lose money. Uh, in this case, if they lose visitorship to the library, there is no consummate decline in their income. They're guaranteed, it seems to me, that 1.2 million dollars per year. So where's the incentive for them to provide good service? So that's something to consider moving forward. Um, I know, throughout, you know, kind of being on the Parks and Rec committee and kind of taking up this cause that over the last year they have lost about not just our librarian today, which was bad news, but we've they started out with about 25, 25 or 26 employees. In the last year, they've lost six, five to six of those employees without having been replaced. And, you know, there again, a private sector company is going to say, well, if we can still keep the lights on and keep the, you know, the books available, then and we can get by with less staff and make more money, we're going to do it. So that seems to me a trend in the wrong direction. Um, and also, through the course of, of, of doing this in conversations with Todd and, and through the um, Parks and Rec Committee, it seems to me like we've uncovered, if I remember, about $600,000 in a library fund. It wasn't that $674,000 in a library fund? So yes. that's just something for council to consider moving forward, is that there was some money set aside over the years for the city to use on behalf of the library.
6: That's right, to okay. enhance service.
10: Okay, perfect. Um, and last but not least, the, uh, can you give us an idea of, of I, we had a couple speakers here today, but can you give us an idea of, of how many email responses we've had and kind of the tenor of those responses um, from citizens regarding the, the library?
0: I, I think it might be unfair to oh, ask staff to I'm characterize sorry. the tenor. Okay. So, As okay. staff for the number, right. <laughs> and we
10: can characterize <laughs> the tenor. Right, I'm sorry. I, I guess they're gonna be publicly available because I actually know what they. We is.
0: received a bunch of written comments, <laughs> there, there <we> all go. <laughs> of which said that we should take over the library.
10: Thank you, Mayor yes. Kelly. I appreciate the guidance. I don't want to put staff yes. in a hard spot. I apologize. Thank you.
7: Uh, Councilmember Nostante. Yes, I, Evan, I echo your, your your sentiments. I've talked to at least one individual on the Parks and Rec Committee and I've gotten a, a nice earful and it was uh, eye-opening about what's been going on and wow, it's it's disappointing to learn we lost our librarian. <laughs> so that that's really unfortunate. Um, but again, uh, with the study session today, we have so many unanswered questions still that we've got to get answers to. But just my emotional opinion is, I would like to see the city of Palm Desert take control of the library, but I don't have any, I don't have enough data to, to say that at this point in time, but it definitely has been mismanaged. And the county, the Riverside County is a huge county. I think there's over 800,000 residents. So the counties, uh, motivation and goals are to take care of the whole county as a whole not so much Palm Desert and I know all of us on City Council our main priority is Palm Desert and so I know we'll all want to do the right thing
9: for Palm Desert.
0: Uh, Council Member Harnick are you ready to comment?
9: I have a, a couple statements the first thing I wanted to do was um, thank the Chrises for all the work you did digging deep and getting that information. And I also wanna thank Mr. Perry and Mr. Murphy, Ms. Buller for uh, kind of really shaking this up and thank you, Evan, for energizing the issue because it must be, absolutely must be addressed. There's no question about it. What we discovered when we looked uh, through the contracts and, and all the paperwork we had at our study session is that we have A lot of questions that the the contracts I think the legal term is squishy (laughs) they're ambiguous at best we need answers the one thing we're sure of the dirt the building is on belongs to the state so I think we need to get some answers and we don't even know all the questions I think at this point that we need to ask So let's go on a fact finding mission. Let's get the information we need to make the best decision possible for our community. And I want to point out too that we have some really um, knowledgeable people that we might use again as a resource. Uh, We had an interim city manager right before our current city manager who is uh, was at Rancho Mirage when they built their library. And has a lot of information. He'd be a great resource. The librarian who was at the um, Palm Desert High School for a couple decades also lives in Palm Desert. So we have some people who will be able to provide us with information, direct us to find the information we need to make the best decisions. And uh, I, you know, certainly we need that information. So we we can make the decision that we won't regret we won't look back on and say "Oh, would you I wish we'd known that so uh, let's get the facts uh, let's make a, a very well informed decision and let's do what's best again for our entire community those are my comments thank you
0: thank you Mayor Pro Tem Quintanilla
4: thank you Madam Mayor I fully agree with all that my my peers are saying we have a lot of questions we have a lot of concerns some of the red flags are now twirling and maximizing into a big giant hurricane warning flag and um, I have definitely been concerned when I go in and see this gigantic vacant space where we are paying to heat it cool it and light it knowing that we are using the library as a cooling center and that we're wasting half of the resources to cool an empty building is is heartbreaking and fiscally irresponsible. I know I'm not alone in having heard not only from members of the community, but also Palm Desert residents that had at one time worked at that library and resigned for very terrible reasons. I have heard from, I've heard from uh, elected officials in different cities that have said, have you had similar things? And they actually had worse, which, again, is neither something to share or, or repeat. But these are serious concerns where we have no oversight. And I was told, we have nothing to do with it. So I referred that person to the county. The county said, we can't do anything about it. And with the head of HR being out of state, they never even got back to them. There's no one to contact face to face, where here we are used to, as mentioned, a a five-star level city with five-star service, where we like knowing who we're speaking with, who we can address a question to, and that is an impediment to be able to provide those services. I always say that we all agree that part of our our vision moving forward is to expand our, our Cal State and our growing community, and I as of yet, don't see that there's anywhere else that a library is being planned. So we have to invest in maximizing our future with this library, knowing that there has been a disrepair in the equipment that's there. You go by and there's one, if not both, of the printers that is not available. And for those of us that don't have a printer at home, that, that's a disservice when you go there and you can't print. When you go there and they say, oops, we don't have today's newspaper. The Desert Sun delivers automatically. Why don't you have today's paper? Even if you don't get the national ones, how, how do you not even have the local ones? So we see more and more and more concerns. Our residents have spoken clearly that we, we need to move forward in finding a resolution where we can manage this in-house. In looking at the two different options, um, I think option one gives us a lot of perspective as to Um, how to just manage it in-house and again finding all of the questions that we don't even know to ask because there's so much we don't know that we don't know and in terms of option two it's a nice thought but for me it would have to include getting rid of that company to me that's non-negotiable and moving forward is that something that could even be the first thing and to tell the county take your time and figure out the numbers but is there any other entity is there as we're looking at um, La Quinta or Rancho Mirage, is there a way to adapt their model or or expand those services so that we can eliminate such a dysfunctional entity that has become something that's ruined our library?
0: All right, let me try to pull this together and uh, uh, suggest direction for today. It's pretty rare That we get lots of public comment on an item before a meeting, and it's all on one side. And that happened with this issue. There is no one who has stepped up to be an advocate for the status quo, who has said, boy, you guys sure have a terrific library. Don't you do a darn thing. So... I believe this council uh, has heard the outcry and that there is substantial sentiment on the council to choose a new direction. Uh, In the time when this current arrangement was put together, the cast of characters at the college and at the county were familiar, there was a deep level of trust. We're now in an era when the cast of characters, both of those places changes with some frequency. So even if very exciting promises were made, it would be difficult uh, to count on those being kept unless we add, an employee who was assigned full time uh, to monitor uh, the keeping of those promises. So I hear sentiment uh, to go in a new direction. We've also emphasized that we need more facts before we can formalize that sentiment. And I will, itemize a few things that uh, strike me as key. Uh, First, as Councilmember Trupe mentioned, the amount currently allocated from property tax toward library services is roughly 3.4 million, with 1.4 being spent on operations. We heard In the study session, uh, there are two other pots beyond operations to which this money allegedly goes. One of which is to support uh, countywide operations, which we do utilize through book exchanges, the other of which is an account to recognize the depreciation of the infrastructure at the current location uh, so that it can be replaced when necessary. So a first key question is, can we get access to that third pot? What's in it? And can we get access to it as we chart our next chapter? Uh, A second front that I think would be helpful is sample operational budgets uh, from comparable libraries to what we're anticipating. Uh, We, are a contractor city. We strive to utilize partners. A good example is our collaboration with the YMCA to operate the aquatic center. So a front upon which I would suggest we need some exploration is how can we maintain that character as we chart a new direction uh, for the library. We don't want to end up uh, with another for-profit arrangement uh, that bilks us without producing good uh, services for residents. But is there a way to preserve our contractor status without greatly enlarging uh, the city staff? Uh, We need some preliminary assessment of what the capital needs are at the current location. I don't think we want to negotiate to take it over only to discover it has $20 million of deferred maintenance. Uh, So we need some way uh, to understand the infrastructure needs at that location. And lastly, I would mention uh, particularly uh, given Mr. Murphy's comments, we need a strategy to prevent further starvation of our library Uh, during the 18 months or so it's going to take us to get from here. To a new chapter. Uh, It really looks like, as each day progresses, things are getting worse and worse despite the county's promises to give us enhanced service. Uh, So, I would ask for some strategy to address that 18 month period. Uh, We have a superb subcommittee. Uh, from Parks and Rec. And I would ask, uh, as we give direction today, uh, for the council to invite me to seek out further appointments uh, to a task force. So invited. (laughs) (laughs) That would include our core subcommittee from Parks and Rec, include some representation from the council, and include some of this expertise from the community that's bubbling up uh, through all of these comments that we are receiving. Uh, So my suggested direction for today is to indicate we are inclined uh, toward option one, dependent upon further research, uh, including what I have itemized as well as what every, one else has um, requested in the study session uh, with direction to the mayor to bring back a suggested task force for appointment. Would someone like to move
12: that? Yeah.
10: Um, That's a perfect outline moving forward. Very well thought out. Thank you, Mayor Kelly. Excellent. Um, I do
0: That was, want
10: to, that was emotion. Well, almost emotion. I just want to make one more comment that I forgot to mention during the course of these discussions is that we have a very robust and committed and active uh, friends of the library group that despite all the constraints that are put on them by the, by the uh, Riverside County Library System and, and everything else are still the most successful by far friends group in the Valley. They raise a lot of money. And, and one thing I forgot to mention is they raise 50, somewhere in the neighborhood of forty dollars to $50,000 a year And you know what they've they've been asked, they've been tasked with providing more of the services that should, instead of going above and beyond the services already existing, Mm. they're being asked to fill in what LSS is falling short. So I would ask that somehow we reach out to the the friends group and have them involved moving forward uh, towards policy. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I will assure that they are included in any proposed tax task force I bring back. Thank you.
1: Is there a second? I will second the motion. Are we ready to vote? Motion passes unanimously. And again, thank you to the Parks and Rec
0: group uh, and to our liaison council member Troopy and to staff and all the members of the public who have brought this issue forward. Madam Mayor, may I request a small stretch and
4: comfort break before we oh,
0: before we course. dive into the next one? Of course, let's take ten minutes. Please be back. Oh heck, be back at five
1: twenty-five. See, there's Andrea, right?
3: Yeah. Always, feel free to back.
2: I wish. And current revenues can keep up with. City staff continues to work on refining multi-year forecasts to proactively ensure public safety and other vital services, vital service levels are not negatively impacted. A recent study indicated um, an immediate need for an additional fire station in the North, in North Palm Desert. And in order to um, ensure that response times meet industry standards and resident needs, as you know, that station is currently in design. As a result of the recently negotiated MOU and CAL FIRE's bargaining agreement, costs for services, including the new station, will increase over the next five years. Um, When the north station is brought online, the anticipated costs will increasingly require a general fund transfer to cover those costs, to the tune of millions of dollars annually. We have had several projects and improvements that have either been deferred entirely or um, maintenance has been deferred to minimize cost during our lean years. And they continue to be evaluated to determine um, how we can maintain the investment in their value and safeguard the escalating cost over the next future years. The city continues to prepare and plan uh, vital city services and or desired amenities to ensure the expected quality of life is maintained. We currently have the luxury of time to put a solution in place to responsibly plan for future challenges that are forecasted. A sales tax measure provides the most efficient opportunity to remain fiscally sound while safeguarding the level of service expected by the community. Next page, please. So what are the basic benefits of a 1% general sales tax? The costs will be shared by um, visitors, businesses and residents in Palm Desert who purchase certain goods and products rather than just one part of the demographic. Um, Given our tourism market, this seems like a viable way to ensure that we are covering our costs and spreading the um, cost to the various um, stakeholders. The measure would ensure that the funds stay locally and cannot be taken away by the state. Other portions of other taxes that are state generated can be swiped. Um, We saw that with redevelopment and we've heard that time and time again over the past few weeks. And so this is a way that we could um, retain the funds here locally. It's not a parcel tax on local homes or property owners. As I mentioned earlier, it diversifies who is actually taxed. And so there's not one group that receives an unfair um, burden of carrying it. Sales tax is the largest single revenue contributor for the, city of, for the city's general fund. And it supports all of our city services, such as our parks, our streets, our facilities, um, and various recreational services. Next page, please. So what are the next steps? Um, we will be working with a, um, if approved, we will be working with a consultant to conduct public opinion and community priority surveys. Um, they will be developing additional surveys to gauge the community's um, desired priorities. Um, they, we will work through the public information and outreach period. And then they will once again, track a poll and do a reassessment I'm sorry do a tracking poll and reassessment um, and then we will continue with public information and outreach up until the deadline to refer the measure to ballot and currently that date is right around the beginning of December. Next page please. So as far as where we're at in that whole process we're in the feasibility study sec- um, s- section of this Um, this is where we start the polling and education and all these other, um, things that need to be accomplished. Then we move into building consensus where we talk about writing the resolution and the ordinance and we'll bring that to council for their review and approval, creating the ballot question, um, and public engagement. And then in December, like I mentioned, council could call for an election. And that's when the ballot period would begin. And during that time, public outreach public outreach would need to cease and give the community the opportunity to place their votes. As the council is aware, placing such a measure on the ballot does not constitute a vote by the council on such a tax measure, but rather whether the voters should be given the opportunity to decide if an additional sales tax is an appropriate action to provide additional funding to meet the community needs and keep service levels at the expected level. Um, That concludes my presentation. If you have any questions, I'm happy to answer them.
0: Could you just clarify that last statement that public outreach ceases during the ballot period?
2: Yes, so during the ballot period, um, it is not permitted for the city or any of the um, consultants to reach out to the community. That's supposed to be basically a time where they have the opportunity to read the ballot, go through it, make their decisions and move forward.
0: So the city's not allowed to advocate? Correct. And what, what is the duration of that period? Uh, the exact, I believe it's 88 days. Um, so how is it determined who writes the ballot statements for and against?
2: That's a very good question. I might need to follow up on that. I know that we do go through what we put on the ballot and council approves that by December, but I'm not sure about that part. I'd have to follow up.
0: Thank
1: you. Other questions? I already asked for it before
7: the report. I have one other question then, and and Mayor, you had mentioned something to me. Um, Is there a risk of the county imposing a 1% sales tax
2: before the election? So when it comes to a district tax, the max tax that can be imposed is 2%. Any tax entity that can impose a tax within Riverside County can come in and place a ballot measure that does the same thing. And so yes, the county could come in and impose that tax within the city of Palm Desert.
7: Okay, so my question is so the county could have a ballot measure as well that and then they would get the the proceeds instead
2: of us. I apologize. If they put it put let me think if the county puts it on the ballot measure before we do they essentially would beat us to the punch. Um, If they do it at the same time, and both of them are less than the 2%, um, then both could potentially um, have their 1% if that's the number that they're using. But if one puts more than the other, it could reduce what the city has access to and reduce our ability to retain those funds locally.
0: Council member Truby and and Mayor Pro
10: Tem. And just to be clear, the, the county would have to follow the same exact process as the city does, just like you spelled out. Correct. Okay.
4: Mayor Pro Tem. Thank you, Madam Mayor. In terms of the um, public outreach and engagement, is this something that could possibly be fulfilled through our civic engagement committee, as these are people and members of the community that know that part of their involvement has been designated to engage with residents as an additional component to our um, structured series of outreach.
6: The proposal here would be to to bring on a a professional firm that does this so they can let us know if there's any concerns they see that the council needs to know about, um, if there's any further advice that they're gleaning out in the community. Um, and they are actually positioned that this is what they do is they help city councils understand what the political environment is out there, what the appetite for uh, putting a, a tax measure out there for a specific use. Uh, in this case, it'd be a general use, but we would make, make the case that it, you know, the money is being planned for for public safety. So they, they have an, an area of expertise that we believe the council needs in order to make an intelligent decision on the ballot language.
0: Could I get clarification about that 2% that you referred to? I had the impression from the staff report that the 1% which the city currently receives, known as the Bradley Burns Local Sales Tax, counts toward the total 2%, which can be uh, paid to local taxing entities, either the city or the county, leaving only one percent uh, to be claimed by either the city or the county. That
2: is actually incorrect. The one percent Bradley Burns comes out of the seven and three quarters percent total. Um. On top of that, we are permitted up to an additional 2% on top as a district tax. For instance, in Palm Springs, I believe their total tax is 9.25, so they're on the higher side of that increase. Great, thank you for that clarification. You're welcome.
1: All right, other uh, comments from council? Mayor Pro Tem. Thank you, Madam Mayor. We've gone through such a very extensive and detailed budget
4: process. And just as the city has assessed our, our financial health, I think that I look forward to finding out more of what a, um, a research firm would provide because we know that our residents are also looking at their financial health and with fixed income staying fixed and cost of living going up, this would impact um, everyone disproportionately. Now I know that this also would were to be offset by those visiting the city, we, we need to look at, um, in my opinion if there would be a potential to to stagger or if we could write it into the language to say you know half a percent the first year and increment you know maybe a full percent after that way we can um, maybe soften the change a little bit or does it have to go straight to one percent? So as I understand it the
2: full amount needs to be approved um, when it's requested any increase would have to go back for vote Um, The council does have at its discretion to cease receiving the sales tax in the future if at any time it's determined it's unneeded. Um, That doesn't typically happen given the way expenses rise, but that they do have that opportunity. I
0: don't see others eager to speak, so I will speak. Uh, I think it's, an amazing credit uh, to our long serving staff, uh, such as Veronica and others, and the past leaders of this city, that we have been able to deliver the five star city services that our residents have come to expect without crossing this bridge sooner. Because when you look at H2C8 uh, in our packet, and you look at all the cities in Riverside County already at 8.75%. Uh, it's clear that what we've accomplished up to, our, up to this point in history is very, very commendable. Uh, but it's also clear from our recent study sessions that if we want to keep the excellent public safety of uh, a four minute emergency response time that our residents expect and deserve, we must find a new source of revenue. Out of all those that we've looked at in study sessions, this is the least onerous because it invites our visitors uh, to carry the hardest part of the load uh, rather than our residents. It's well to remember that food and medical services are exempt from sales tax. So in those respects, it's not going to pinch those who are uh, struggling most. And I think we stub our toe without really stepping forward. If we think about um, half a cent one year, um, and no, a half a percent one year, and half a percent the next year, because no one's going to make a decision about a purchase based on whether the sales tax is 8.25% or 8.75%. So I think it is time to take the next step as recommended by staff in this report. Uh, to engage real professionals who know how to sample the public and uh, determine uh, public response on this issue so that we will be as best
1: informed as possible as we contemplate the further steps. Yes, Council Member Hornick.
9: Thank you, Mayor, and thank you for bringing up the food and medical because those are things that are not taxed. And this will not touch them nor will it touch rent. Uh, So those sorts of items won't be impacted. And I also agree with uh, the stubbing the toe analogy used to describe the half a cent and then half a cent more. Sometimes it's best to learn to budget immediately and not have to keep going through the process. But what we're doing here is talking about education and engagement and listening to our community. And that's what we want to do is get out there with a professional group who can listen to the community, talk to the community, educate them so that they truly understand what this is for. And I think Palm Desert has a long, long history of being very fiscally responsible and always following through on its promises. And I think it when we look at it, what we see and we know this to be true, what people get upset with with taxes is when they are taxed for an item and that item is not delivered. And Palm Desert has always delivered. And when we've ever had to increase some sort of tax, there was always the result promised. And so let's go out, let's listen to the people, let's educate them, let's remind them what we do. The response time is important. We know public safety is foundational to our community. And so let's make sure that we follow through the maintenance of our buildings foundational to the community. All these things must be done. So let's go engage the public, educate the public and learn from the public at the same time so that we set forth with the best ballot language if that's where we decide to go and keep in mind if we put it on the ballot what we are saying to our community the voters in our communities is you can decide best based upon the education you've been provided so we're giving them the option thank you
7: uh council member yeah i was just going to um what one of my concerns is that what happens 10 years from now, is a future city council gonna be contemplating raising sales tax another 1%? My, my fear is the more we raise taxes over the years, it, it just gets higher and, 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 and higher. So like in 10 years, they're like, oh, well, 11% isn't so bad. So that's the only issue that causes me to, to pause Is is the, the raising
5: of taxes.
7: Yes. But I understand what everybody is saying and um, we, we need our, our fire response time. Uh, I just wish there was another vehicle of another source of income to get us there. And I haven't seen anything that gets us there. So this to me, this is the, the best of the options.
0: And what I would point out to assure you is, in taking this step, we're the last, almost the last to raise taxes as opposed to the first. And uh, I would say it's incumbent upon us to make the right decision for today. And it's incumbent upon us to stay engaged and make sure the council of 10 years from now makes the best decision for 10 years from now, of whatever that might be. Other comments before uh, I solicit a motion?
10: Actually, Gina's comment kind of stirred a thought. Um, I just would urge us to use caution moving forward. I mean, it sounds like this might generate an additional $26 million a year. And just to maintain our sense of fiscal responsibility, I think there's a tendency in households sometimes, hey, I got a promotion, I got a new job, I'm gonna go buy a new sports car, or something you really don't need. So living to your means or maybe beyond your means, I just hope that we still keep a a strong eye, if this passes, on uh, fiscal responsibility, strong reserves, et cetera, et cetera, and don't go buy a lot of shiny new toys, besides the library, thank you.
0: Excellent point, excellent point. Council Member Arnick, did you want to move to uh, top staff's recommendation?
9: Yes, Mayor, I would like to move staff's recommendation.
0: I will second that and
1: let's vote. Motion passes 5-0. Item
0: 2D, it's the introduction of an ordinance amending chapter 12.04 of the Palm Desert Municipal Code regarding encroachments and excavations.
8: Good evening, Mayor, members of the City Council. Uh, this particular item um, is an item to introduce an ordinance to amend chapter 12.04 of our Municipal ordinance uh, as it relates to encroachment permits and excavations within our public right-of-way. Um, in the report, we've outlined uh, the various updates that are being proposed. This would bring us up to current standards, industry standards, um, provide additional definitions for specific projects within Palm Desert. We've currently been using the Riverside County ordinance um, that obviously pertains more generic to uh, these types of projects. So this particular ordinance will also give us the ability to bring in our standards related to insurance, liability, bonding, issuing the types of permits that we need out there, safety requirements, um, and other uh, items that are um, best practices here within uh, this industry. Um, That concludes my presentation, and we're recommending approval uh, of the introduction of this ordinance, and I'm available to answer any questions you may have.
0: And thank you to staff for attending to
1: this item. Do we have any public comment? No public comment. Uh,
0: Council questions, comment or motion? Welcome.
9: Move staff's recommendation.
0: Is there a second? I second.
1: Please vote. motion passes unanimously and
0: uh, lastly item 2e introduction of an ordinance amending the palm desert municipal code relative to the homelessness task force membership this includes one cleanup item and a recommendation uh, from the task force to include a member who has lived experience mr mejia
12: Honorable Mayor and City Council, uh, you basically summarized it, but during the Boards and Commission bylaw update, the Homelessness Task Force was inadvertently set to its original configuration, and the proposed ordinance would correct the membership to its current configuration. In addition, the Homeless Task Force recommends a modification to require that one of the two community members be someone that has experienced homelessness, and I'm available for any questions.
1: Any public comment on this item? Seeing none, Um, questions, comments,
0: or yes, Mayor Pro Tem. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um,
4: As uh, the community may or may not know, the mayor and I serve on that task force, and some of the discussions that came up involved residents, business owners and uh, social service um, liaisons for the county and our social services director for the city and the conversation came about that we can be full of all of our goals and wishes and happy thoughts, but if we're not incorporating somebody with recent experience, we may be missing some of the, we don't know what we don't know or some of the current obstacles and dispelling some of the myths in order to make the change much more impactful. So. I'm I'm happy that that recommendation was made from this group of individuals that have a very deep desire to make impactful and long lasting change. And
0: are you happy enough to move the item?
4: Yes, I motion to approve.
1: Second. Please vote. Motion passes unanimously. And that is our final item for this evening, so we will be adjourned by consent.